With the seventh pick in the first round of the 2016 NWSL College Draft, the Washington Spirits select Chena Williams, Florida State University. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Follow Your Spirit. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. Throughout the season, I'll be bringing you game day coverage, team analysis, and player interviews. I'll have some blog posts, live tweets, and of course, uh, these podcasts to complement all of those focuses. I started my coverage for the season a few weeks ago with a blog post explaining how the Washington Spirit needed a second top producer in order to make a run at the championship, especially with the Portland Thorns so stacked and dangerous. You can find that post at spiritcoverage.com, but the idea is this. Crystal Dunn outperformed everyone in 2015, but as a as past championship teams have shown us, there needs to be a high level of offensive production from at least at least one other player. Looking at last year's stat sheet, I, I started the offseason believing that that person would be midfielder Christine Nairn. Shortly after I published that post, Jim Gabera in the spirit reached out and signed Katie Stingle. Katie played last season with Bayern Munich and helped them win a championship. Her experience up front adds to the Spirit's firepower, and she has the potential to be that top producer. Then, just a couple weeks ago, the 2016 National Women's Soccer League draft brought even more talents to the Spirit attack. After spending 10 minutes submitting their first-round pick, Coach Gabera decided on Shayna Williams out of Florida State. Shayna was very busy talking to media and calling family to let them know the news, but I managed to catch up with her and get some insight on her off-season training regimen, meeting her new teammates, and where she might fit in the spirit attack. Hey, how you doing, Shayna? My name is Tim Lawson. I'm with Fall Your Spirit. How you, how you doing? You still shaky? I'm starting to settle in a little bit. Still shaky. Still kind of surreal, but I'm excited. Uh, what's your training regimen going to be like until then to prepare for camp with the spirit? Um, I'll be in Atlanta for some time training um, by Iggy Maleka, who is my, my club coach, and he, he owns uh, or he's a owner of the United Football Account Academy. And um, I'll be doing some a lot of individual training with him, and I'm going back to Florida State for some time um, to train with all the, the older pros. Um, most of us, a lot of us like to go back and train at FSU and use the facilities there, and it's always nice to get back after, you know, graduation and stuff, so I'm looking forward to that, too. Have you been paying attention to the, the Spirit's other picks? How do you feel about them? Yeah, I'm really excited to, to obviously, like, meet them and, and get to know them and work with them, and it's nice that um, we had so many picks where I'm not coming in on my own. There will be other girls there with me, so I'm excited to, to meet them and you know, if if uh, Coach Jim decides to run three forwards up front, what uh, what part of the field do you think you'd feel most comfortable on? Wherever, I guess, with the training and meshing with the team and figuring out where I would fit best, I'd be fine playing all three, really. Just depends on where they want me or where they think that I can be the most productive. Going into round two, they went after another explosive forward, Callie Fork- Farquharson. From Arizona State University, I can already tell I'm going to struggle all season saying her last name. Therefore, she will always be known as Callie. Callie, as the Spirit's second pick in the draft, makes the third offseason acquisition at forward. And it makes one thing clear. Coach Gabera wants to score all the goals. 
and rightfully so, with so many other teams in the league like Casey and Portland and Orlando having some true talent up front. The draft proved that other teams are looking for some serious firepower. And of course, the goal of soccer, score goals. But the depth and the uh, the diverse talent that he's bringing to the forward position just proves that he wants options. And of, and of course, knowing that Crystal Dunn will occasionally be with the national team and missing some games, it's important that their offensive tack takes less of a blow when that happens and that they can be just as potent without her. Here's what Coach Cabrera had to say about his two new forwards in the environment on draft day. Shayna in the in the first stacking her on top of Crystal Dunn that you already have and and picking up Katie Stingall in the in the off season that's a it's a pretty stacked front line. Uh, I made the joke earlier that Jim just wants to score all the goals this year. <laughs> you know, did you anticipate? She said she had a long conversation uh, with you going into that and was uh, concerned at the ten minutes it took for the final decision to come through. But you know, how how do you feel about that offensive attack now that you have three very potent players at the front? Yeah, I'm really confident, and I think it's a diverse attack. It's certainly fast and dangerous, and, and you have Fran Ordega and, uh, and also Callie from uh, Arizona State, who's I think people are going to be surprised by her. So we've got a real, a real depth of talent, um, and then we've got some good number 10s sitting in there, some good options. So I think I'm, I'm very comfortable with the versatility and, and the, the power and speed of our attack. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, I think the 10 minutes, it can be deceiving because we were talking about something else. Sure. You know, the possibility of trading that pick. Uh, but it was always, you know, you know between her and Callie and, um, you know, to have her to have her available. I mean, it was, you know, the, the athleticism part of it is just something that we, it was, it was the top of our list as far as our, our needs for, uh, for this draft. You feel like, did you then feel like Cali phoned you at 12 was uh, sort of a gift? Do you think you got away with one there? Uh, a little bit, but you know, Doniak was still on the board then too. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it's, um, I, I thought maybe, you know, she might've gone right before us to Western New York, but it was an interesting draft. I mean, as always, there's a couple of players who go way earlier than you think, and there's some players who, who drop for whatever reasons. And you know, it's 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 always it's always interesting. You know, having ten different opinions now, it's it's pretty it's a pretty complex matrix there. You made that you made in the interview right before me that you made the note that uh, you know four years ago this was in a closet, and now it's in a ballroom. You know, what is it like to be? I mean, you're one of the more tenured uh, coaches in the league, and what's it like being a part of this evolution and watching it grow? It's it's great. I mean, it's it's where where it deserves to be. I, you get a little concerned that well, there's not going to be a lot of people here, but it was it was well attended and it looked aesthetically incredibly professional. And um, I, you know, completely the the Spirit Squadron won the day and and made the whole atmosphere what it's supposed to be like. So I mean, I, I can't give enough compliments to them and uh, to be able to make a commissioner smile and for all the stuff that he's going through. That was, that was worth it for me. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Sure. Picks number three, four, and five for the Spirit were midfielder Allie Murphy from Texas Tech, goalkeeper Madeline Schiffel from University of San Francisco, and defender Kara Wilson from Duke University. The Spirit drafted strong, adding to their offensive attack and stacking depth across the field. The only surprise, and if you'll call it that, the only surprise that anyone had was that Washington only selected one defender. And this is only a surprise because many mock drafts and pre-draft predictions, uh, including a couple from the Equalizer, assumed that Washington would want to create depth at center back. 
In my next episode, I'm actually going to talk further with Coach Gabera about his draft picks, about the about those predictions of stacking center back, uh, what it means to wear two hats at the Spirit, and which positions he expects to be competitive going into the season. So be sure to stay tuned for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Spirit Coverage or at Tim Lawson 21. My audio will be on SoundCloud until the season starts and then everything will be available via iTunes. I wanted to use this first podcast as an introduction to sort of warm everybody up. I wanted to make sure that you had access to some of my interviews on draft day. And before I go, I'll leave you with part of Commissioner Plush's post draft interview. Uh, He was immediately grilled with questions regarding the new allocation process that the league announced the minutes before the draft started. So if you're into the mechanics of how the league works, uh, you may find this interesting. I hope you enjoyed this quick reflection on uh, what's been going on with the spirits in the offseason, including their first couple drafts. Uh, The next podcast that comes out probably later this week will have more from Jim Gabera and more looking more forward into the offseason and into the preseason. Thank you for listening. Good. Tired? I am tired. Yeah, it's... uh... I don't have to do very much, but I walk back and forth mm-hmm. a lot. So, and if, for those of you who've covered this before, the walk from the podium to the back room was a lot longer this year. So, mm-hmm. it's a uh, career highlight. This is good, there. right? Yeah, so. career highlight. They're hearing your name, Kansas. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little embarrassing, but it was fun. It was fun. It's, uh, it's always fun to be amongst fans who are into it, and so it was great. So, um, fire away. I guess so, the first yeah. question is um, the timing of the of the new allocation rules coming yeah. just before. The draft was kicking yeah. off. What was the what was the thinking behind behind releasing the, the rules? Well, really, um, we've been working on it for quite some time, and, and yesterday was our first board meeting to enact and to vote on it. So, mm-hmm. um, so while it didn't um, maybe came a little bit late for people like yourselves, and I, I certainly understand and apologize for that. It's been something we've been working at board level for a while, and it's 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 the next iteration of where our league needs to go. It actually creates a lot of the things that I think people want out of an allocation process is, is clarity and transparency and a tracking order so you can understand what's going to happen. It creates an asset for a situation where a player doesn't want to go to a certain market, at least a, a team doesn't uh, come out of that with nothing. So it's it was it's the right time. It's the next uh, step in our evolution. And uh, and so other than maybe it coming late, it's the right thing to do. So we're excited about it. It's worded in such a way that you might be able to infer if other countries wanted to subsidize a player, they could do that. Is that fair? Um, I, I would say yes. We you know there aren't any of those other countries yet. I, although I would say we've uh, we've had preliminary conversations with other federation potential partners, and so clearly this could be a mechanism. Um, every every negotiation takes on its own life a little bit, but but we're excited to have a mechanism to allow for for players to come into the league in a transparent way, or players to stay in the league in a transparent way that might drop off allocation. So. Last summer, Australia was in the mix, if I remember some of your remarks correctly. Is that who belong in it? Um, we're still talking to Australia, for sure, and they've been great friends of ours. As you know, we have a lot of players who go down there in, in our off season, and um, the counter-seasonal nature of our two leagues makes it, um, on a lot of levels, uh, a potential partner, but um, still very early early conversations. Jeff, is there a level of concern, just from a perception perspective, when a lot of these things come, you know, let's say, late? Um, whether it's the television announcement coming late June after, you know, teasing early April or, you know, the issue with, you know, the final and, and now this coming up. And is there anything you think the league can do to uh, to sort of correct that going forward? Um, sure. I mean, look, I, I don't, we don't, 
we don't uh, endeavor to give late information to people, but I think there's a reality of where we are in our evolution. We're just starting our fourth year, which we're excited about. Um, some of these things happen late because they're opportunities that come to us, and you want to take advantage of them. Um, if if there's a complaint about the TV announcement, that's my mistake for probably giving you guys uh, um, the wrong expectations early on. So, which I won't be doing this year. So, um, but no, we we're going to strive to get. Um, to get better all the time and to get timely information out when it needs to be and then and then beg forgiveness when we have something that we can't pass up on but we know it's the right thing to do for the league. We're always looking the league's first always so the the whenever we can make the league the priority we will and sometimes that might not fit with the right um, timing for everyone and we're respectful of that but we'll keep we'll keep pushing. What can you tell us about the TV deal and and what are your goals what are your your metrics for it whether it's more games whether it's you know specific uh, outlets, what, what are you looking for and when should we expect it? Um, we're looking for it sooner than we had it last year. Um, I, I am confident on that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you a time frame on it just yet. Um, we're looking for someone who wants to continue to be a good partner of ours. And, and so out of that as a starting point, we'll determine the right number of games. Um, is there a possibility for more than one outlet? Sure, I think there's. Um, I think we'll we'll look at that as well. At the same time, we're looking at how to elevate our our streaming capabilities to to take ownership of our own content. Also, make sure we deploy that to our best uh, advantage and, and possibility to build our business. So I think there's a lot of different things that were discussed from a media point of view uh, that'll be positive as we sit here in January. Um, still time to work on those things, but but. Uh, We'll be able to give better feedback on, on media in the next 